As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? That's right, Darlene. And you know what? I always agree with you. You can't say the same for Eric Newman. What's going on, brother? My man. I am in the midst of this free agency madness, but uh, doing well, trying to keep track of everything and um, making sure that uh, some of my, my New York people are, are hanging in there today. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a dark day for Nick fans. Oh, my gosh. I watched Stephen A's uh, thing, and it was, I don't know, at some point – you can't always treat it like when your team doesn't get the right person that a family member died. You, you only have so many of those, Stephen A. So <laughs> you're out of them, okay? But 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 let's put it this way: if there was a day to act like your 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 team lost a family member, today was the day. Um, the Knicks inexplicably came up with I don't know Julius Randle, Wayne Ellington. <laughs> I mean Reggie Bullock, Bobby Portis. I'm actually a big Bobby. Yeah. I'm actually a big Bobby Portis fan. But that, Bobby not, Portis is not, a good. Not you know, it's move too the bad needle. the Wizards weren't. In, it's too bad the Wizards weren't in better place uh, to keep him. He would have been a nice little role player. But yeah, I mean, this was this was sort of that they woke up and they had all this cap room and not really any franchise player to spend it on. What do you think happened? I, I read a great story by our friend Howard Beck in Bleacher Report about Kyrie and Katie's relationship. But what do you think happened? Um, in the interim when everybody and their mom thought Kyrie and KD were going to the Knicks. But why would you go to the Knicks in that situation where you can go to Brooklyn where the team was in the playoffs? They've got a, a what looks to be a very good organizational culture on the way up. And they also had had the room to do it. And then there's the Rock Nation connection there too between uh, Kyrie going over to Rock Nation and the twin brother of um, Mr. Yormark there uh, running things on the business side of the Barclays Center. So uh, I think there were some obvious synergies there. But, you know, where could you go in with KD needing to take a year off to recover where Kyrie can plug himself into a situation that I guess he thinks is better than the Celtics? That's a different discussion. He wants to be, quote-unquote, home. He is from the area, but didn't spend his entire childhood here, so I'm already loving this narrative. And I, it's clearly a better choice. Clearly a better choice is yeah. Brooklyn and the Knicks. And despite the Knicks being physically responsible for the last 12 to 18 months, I mean, look at everything else that surrounds surrounds that yeah. organization and has continued to surround that organization. Yeah, but, so, but, but what a hit! But what a hit today, though. I mean, what a hit today because, or last night, whenever, whenever you thought this wasn't going. Oh, to it's come it's to it's going to last a lot longer than last night and today. the 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 hit is not just missing out on the talent. The hit is now 
the New York Knicks are officially the second team in town. Because Brooklyn tried yes. to do it quickly in 2013, and this is something that I, I was trying to do back in the day uh, at Bleacher Report when I start, first started working with uh, our mutual friend Howard, Be- Howard Beck. The summer of 13, when the Knicks were coming off of the plus 50 win season where Carmelo had the great year, they, they beat the aging Celtics in the first round and, and lost to Indiana in six, the Knicks thought that they were going to take the next step in 13-14. The Nets brought in Pierce, KG, Jason Terry to pair with uh, Joe Johnson, Deron Williams, and Brooke Lopez. So all of a sudden, you had this battle for the hearts and minds of New York basketball fans, but the Nets were trying to do it right away. And the Knicks were like, uh, yeah, the Nets, yeah, well, yeah, you know, they basically got they basically got Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Oh, you know, basically, they were, uh, uh, they were archaeological digs. At, at the point. end of the road, Pierce and, gave them one good year. Yeah. They He won them one yep. playoff series. But the Nets were trying to get in there, become a super team contender right away, and steal that torch. Now, that didn't, wor- that yep. didn't work. But you fast forward six years later, and they are out of the mess of what that deal was terrible for them, obviously, which has been well documented. They didn't have draft picks. Yep. But they started to add the right young talent. They found Dinwiddie. They were smart. They traded Brooke Lopez for D'Angelo Russell's rookie contract. And, of course, he now is on the way to the Warriors. But between getting Levert, Dinwiddie, Russell, and then finding good role players who could potentially develop there, Joe Harris as, as an example, they scouted out Jared Allen, who's been a revelation. We'll see what his future is now with DeAndre Jordan coming in. But they found the right pieces. They played very, very hard. This is the result. Oh, you're so right. I mean, I mean, think about like the Torian Prince. Think about uh, uh, shoot. Uh, I forgot they had Radion. I forgot Kru- they got Radion's Karuks. No, and I forgot they got Torian Prince back in the Alan Crabb salary jump uh, dump. Yeah. Excuse me. He's going to be a tremendous help for them this season, yes. especially with Durant yeah, out. No, you it's... can start him at the three. You can bring him off the bench. He can play a little stretch four. Oh. They're they're very and how about... they're very versatile. And how about my guy, Garrett Temple? Two years, ten million. Yep. He signed. I had him on a radio show in D.C. today, Eric. By the way, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, we give you everything up to date. We have fun. I this is the first time I've had Eric Newman really on my podcast since the All Star Game, um, it, in Charlotte. And Eric Newman, as you guys know, is hopes is host co-host of his own Pure Hoops Media podcast, along with. B.J. Armstrong, and he's one of the world's, I would say, top 10 sports documentarians. He recently did a piece for Showtime and multiple pieces on Boogie Cousins and is also the award-winning Lloyd Sweet P. Daniels documentary. Eric Newman, I just got to ask you, man, um, flat out, is this... This is this is one of the greatest things I've ever seen for like a role player at the end of his at the end of his run. Garrett Temple's thirty three years old. Probably he's only got a couple years left in the league, and and he gets a two year ten million de- deal on a team that if Kevin Durant rehabs and becomes the player he was in any shape or form, that's my that's my odds on favorite to win the NBA title. The only thing that would stop me from saying that is if Kawhi Leonard the tea leaves over the Vatican. Actually, Kawhi Leonard announces the Lakers, and I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Well, first of all, I'm flattered. Second of all, uh, Garrett Temple 
is uh, has put himself in position to be one of those just special veteran role guys who right place, right time, finds his way onto a team that if Kevin Durant can return to, let's say, 90% of what he was before the injury, then he's got a heck of a chance mm. to win a championship in 2021. And, you know, you mentioned the Kawhi thing, and obviously we have so much to talk about, and I know we want to keep this tight today. The Kawhi Leonard decision is going to have a similar effect potentially on what this KD Kyrie decision meant for the New York teams. Whichever team Kawhi chooses in LA, it's going to drastically affect the other team there. Meaning the Lakers oh. have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. They have Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. They have not yet added anything else. If they get Kawhi Leonard, super team to the max. All the other vet minimum guys are going to want to play there, and the Lakers are going to have a great chance to win multiple championships and start a new chapter in their dynasty. If he picks the Clippers, the Clippers will have a great chance to be playing in the NBA Finals next year. And then what do the Lakers do? Because they not only do not have another max star out there, they've missed out on all the 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 1B and Tier 2 guys that they could have used that $32 million slot for in any sort of different combination. So, so much happening yes. right now. But to go back to what you were saying, yeah, Garrett Temple's got a chance to, to really be part of something special if Kevin Durant emerges back well, at 90% of himself. Yeah, I was going to th- yeah, ask. I have no reason to think ahead. he won't. You know, this is not a, um, like, every injury is different. Every yeah. body type is different. Kevin Durant... Yeah is a slender, seven feet tall, very gifted player who at the end of the day is going to be able to shoot the basketball regardless. But uh, his agility and the work he's put into his craft on both ends, because let's not forget, Kevin Durant has become a, a very good defensive player the last several years, and that needed to happen joining that Golden State Warriors culture. So if Durant is back, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be playing for titles for the foreseeable future starting in yeah. 2021. I mean, the whole thing is just crazy on several levels. This is the thing I'm excited about in the NBA season, 2019-2020. I think it's going to be a great year for Beer Hoops Media and the NBA because this is the first time that I can remember. You almost have to go back to Michael Jordan's um, second retirement in 1998 during the lockout season, or 1999 actually, when you didn't know who was going to win the title or you you couldn't put anybody in there. Uh, like I can't put – I always put two or three teams in there. I'd say one of these three teams, I can bet on it, is going to win the title. I can't do that. I cannot do that this year. And, and it's because – well, this is the other shocker. If you had told me Kawhi Leonard, a guy who was not only injured last year this time, but who the San Antonio Spurs just went sour on and basically – trashed his name around the league as if eh, he's not a SFL, a spur for life, so he's nothing. And this guy holds the key to the pendulum of power in the NBA. Whatever decision he makes, that's the team that's probably going to be the favorite to win the title. Wild. Except for the Clippers. Wild. And, you know, I'm not counting out a return to Toronto. Um, And obviously, if he goes back to Toronto, you have the Raptors, the Bucks, the Sixers, 
the the Indiana Pacers are going to be much improved, and you know the Celtics today, uh, fortunately for their front line, were able to add Enos Cantor, so at least they're not going to be completely destroyed on the boards for the season. But they still have a lot of work to do with that roster, uh, even with the addition of Kemba Walker. But back to your uh, point about the last time with this uncertainty, you know, in two thousand four, you know, we knew that uh, you know that that Laker team when they added Carl Malone. And Gary Payton following the 2003 Spurs breaking up their three-peat. We, we knew they had a great chance to go to the finals, which they did. But we, we didn't expect them, obviously, to lose to that Pistons team. Uh, at that time, we thought the Pacers were going to be the, the Eastern Conference uh, favorite to go there. So there was a little doubt there. 2006 with D. Wade, Shaq, and the Heat against the Mavericks. You can look at that as a little bit of a surprise because it wasn't foregone. But to your point, Mike, yeah. with, with the... Um, the rebirth and the renaissance of the league and super teams, which I consider started uh, 07, 08, when the Lakers-Celtic rivalry renewed, when Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, they had no idea they were starting the super team phenomenon. It was a complete accident. That's true. They both got traded to the Celtics, and because LeBron yeah. couldn't get by them with Cleveland— he decided that he, I need to go start my own super team in Miami. And yep. since then, we've known every year pretty much who's going to be playing for the title. Obviously, Toronto this year surprised a lot of people because everyone got caught up with Giannis. Kawhi was in and out of the lineup. But that was, but that was, but that was, but that was all about LeBron leaving. Once LeBron left the sure. East, they'd opened I, it up. I, th- it I thought that you know Philadelphia, Boston had to be as upset as anybody. Because if if the Celtics had found a way to get past Milwaukee and uh, what a m- miss. Look much better, what a miss! This yeah, year. what a mess. But but here's the deal, I think. Well, one, the fact that I could blame Danny Ainge for all this is great. Two, <laughs> um, the, the two that that the, the, I'll give I'll give Pierce and Garnett this. I mean, I'm sorry, I'll give Garnett and Ray Allen this. They didn't get on the phone and say, "Hey, let's be that. Let's be those guys at the park." who keep the court until dusk and just get all our friends together and just beat the hell out of everybody else. They didn't, they got traded there. Obviously Danny Ainge had his, uh, his own plan and Paul Pierce was overjoyed when it happened, but it wasn't as strategically calculated as no. LeBron, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. And now KD going to the Warriors and now LeBron getting AD, uh, Anthony Davis and trying to get Kawhi and certainly KD and Kyrie. I want to give you this, this, um, this line from Howard Beck, his, his lead in Bleacher Report, who's, this is the best inside dope on how Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving ended up together. Inside Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's plot to team up in Brooklyn by our friend, the discussion began months ago before the playoffs, before the trade deadline, before all the rumors in the Zap Ruder hallway film, long before... Okay, Zap. Nobody, uh, nobody under seventy knows what Zapruder means. So Howard's. Gonna I end I say Zapruder, okay, and I Zapruder, and I very okay. well know well, the Zapruder film, Mike. I Back, know because you're old. Like nobody, nobody under thirty knows what the Zapruder well, they should, film is. They should, Mike. They, they should. should. I understand. The, Back but anyway, into long the left. before things went haywire. Back into the long, left. <laughs> long before things went haywire in Boston. Long before things got awkward in Oakland. A friendship had blossomed between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two towering basketball talents, and that friendship had spawned a vague plan. Let's team up, maybe in New York or Brooklyn, perhaps in Boston, if things went well in Irving's second season with the Celtics. Oh my gosh. I mean, 
that you've got to be you've you've just got to be sick to your stomach being an old time Celtics fan. Our producer, who's silenced himself and muted himself for the minute, should jump on right now and say how sick he feels. You, if Kyrie wasn't such a prima donna and hadn't alienated everybody, they could have had KD and Kyrie together in Boston, and they would have won a championship. And Brad Stevens would have been the greatest coach uh, of all time. He would have probably won five, and he would have been looked better than Phil Jackson. So I was really poised and focused on coming on this show today to be a uh, a non-biased free agent analyst sharing all of my basketball passion and knowledge. But since you ruined that, Mike, um, Kyrie Irving... I listen, I would have done the whole thing over again. Uh, you know, you, you, they took a... Yeah. They, listen, it's a business. I loved Isaiah Thomas. I, I, that season was... Oh, IT that was That season special. was so much fun. I've had the opportunity yeah. to sit and speak with him and interview him. And he left such an unbelievable mark and, um, you know, several years of memories in that city. The business is winning. They got the better player. You just didn't think the better player, um, of all after all the things he said, I want to have my own team, and I, I want to lead, and I'm up to the challenge, and doing a Nike commercial with his dad in the garden, talking about hanging his number in the rafters, and telling the fans that, you know, I'd love to extend my deal and, and be back if you have me. And then to go out there, and some nights be one of the best players in the league and other nights be a um, an unpredictable, uh, immature, uh, emotional head case at times. And to simply just not have what it takes to be, to yeah. be poised. And he thinks yeah. leading is barking and telling. Leading is showing yep. up to work every day, focused, positive, leading by example, and keeping that poise when the chips are down, and keeping that poise when things aren't going right. And he's not that guy. No, he's not that guy. And it's shocking in a way because the, the, you talk about uh, and how how narratives, how plot lines change in the NBA. After he hit that shot over Steph in Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals, which uh, buttressed the greatest block in NBA playoff history when LeBron James chased down Andre Iguodala, they, he hits that shot, and you're thinking, wow, this guy is not only special in the moment, he's on a Hall of Fame trajectory that is only going to get richer and better and now I look at it and I go, wow, that was that was an aberration for Kyrie. I mean, he can still put up those moments. My son wants to buy his jersey. I refuse to let him buy his Kyrie's jersey until he actually takes the team back to a conference final. But but the bottom line is Kyrie Irving is sort of in that weird like Kyrie Irving was sort of on the CP3 trajectory. Now he's like on the Rod Strickland trajectory like he could be great he could just he well, could just uh, well, do something stupid well, and take himself out of the line well let, let, let's let, let, let's not discount how great rod strickland was who happens to be Kyrie. oh i love rod, happens, Str rod strickland happens, is Kyrie. who happens to be rod his godfather Kyrie. Yeah. yes rod, rod strickland is Kyrie's godfather we will probably have him on the show very soon but if rod strickland was honest with himself he would he would say god if i had only done this this and this different not only would i have been one of the most uh 
uh, the greatest passers of all time, I would have been a Hall of Fame player. And, sure, and he but, didn't. But your, so. To your point about Kyrie, he's gotten better since that shot. His, his game has evolved. What he does with the left hand, with the floater, the creation oh, of space with the dribble, at times he's out there looking like the floor general you always wanted him to be. And then in the Milwaukee yes. series, he just jacks jumper after jumper after jumper, not thinking about anyone else on the floor except him, trying to get hot. Well, and I don't even think it's selfish. I think he just stopped trusting guys that he needed to trust. Yeah, I mean, that series was so bizarre. If you remember, they won game one in Milwaukee handily. And the, yeah, the, they looked the great. Bucks looked like they were a deer in headlights a bit. It was a, it was a product of both. It was a product of the Celtics being very confident after sweeping Indiana. And I think there was some false confidence there from fans and the team. Milwaukee just wasn't ready for that game one. And after that, they took it right yeah. to the Celtics. And it was like the bully in the playground. Like, oh, you're going to fight back? I'm not interested in, in, in matching you with power and force and ferocity. And, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if you, uh, if you heard my, my read uh, to intro the, the Pure Hoops podcast following their exit to the playoffs. But, you know, I, I read a, uh, a prepared statement that was about two minutes. And um, it was the most... It was brilliant. It was the most disappointing. It was oh, brilliant. That. It's the most it was disappointing. Br- no, it was brilliant. Most disappointing. I'm, I'm surprised I've BJ been. didn't. BJ, BJ Armstrong should have reacted stronger to it. Oh, he just chuckles because he he finds my uh, my my fanship, which goes back to when I'm you know three years old, as my parents tell me, watching Dr. J and Bird yeah. with my dad in the uh, Sixers Celtics days on the couch. But if you're not gonna fight and you're not gonna represent the name on that front of the jersey on the front of the jersey, and you know not trying to preach right now, but they're getting paid way too much money and there's way too much history yeah. and there's just way too many people that care about Celtic basketball, just like they care about Laker basketball uh, globally. Yeah. Like, if you're not going to do that uniform right, then we don't want you on the team. I'd rather have a, uh, I'd rather have a 50-win team like a few years ago with guys just diving on the floor, giving it up, and that's why I'm so excited about guys like Marcus Smart I'm excited. Like Enos Cantor in the playoffs this year, yeah. he showed a lot. He was playing with a pretty much a dislocated shoulder that they kept fixing. And during that uh, Thunder series, he's running down the floor. And if your shoulder swings, Mike Wise, and you know this from your days on the floor, if you have shoulder pain and your shoulder swings while running, you're going to be even more pain. Enos Cantor is... I have, sh- I have, sh- I have shoulder pain while riding. <laughs> so, I have shoulder pain so, while doing this so, podcast. So Enos Cantor is running down the floor with his left hand grabbing his shorts so his shoulder won't swing. He's meeting Steven Adams in the paint and just banging with him every yeah. possession on the post. And he did the same thing. And the next round against uh, Jokic with the Nuggets. Uh, the guy, the guy's a gamer, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah. All right. So this is your starting lineup for the Celtics next season, as it stands, and it's not a bad look. And you're not, you're not in the trouble that people think you no. are. Uh, point, point guard Kemba Walker, shooting guard Jalen Brown. Um, Mar- is Marcus Smart? You think they'll keep him? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they're going to keep him. Uh, um, uh, Jason Tatum at power forward. Enos Cantor at center. Yeah. Well, uh, Hayward, not, you know, well Hayward, some... Hayward, Hayward, and Brown will be. Go- will be I'm at sorry, the wings. Gordon, Gordon Hayward Smart, at small forward. Smart will be the first guard off the bench because he can play both positions. And then Cantor in the middle. Right. I don't know what they do with Mar- Marcus Morris. He's gone. Unfortunately, isn't he? they uh, do not have the cap space to keep him. 
Yeah. So, but they still got some nice pieces there, and I don't. Uh, and I, I think they'll be in in better shape than than right. many. What teams. really hurts? What, what I really can't. hurts is Al Horford going to Philly. That that really hurts. Yeah. No. That that does. And but still, I mean, this, this, you're not in as worse shape as. I mean, you think of the Knicks today, man. Okay, Dennis Smith Jr. point guard, Reggie Bullock at shooting guard, spelled by Wayne Ellington. Shoot it. You know your small forward Kevin Knox. Your power forward today is Julius Randle. And, okay, you got Mitchell Robinson at center. And you got Bobby Portis uh, uh, R- coming off the R. bench. R.J. Barrett. And, and R.J. – oh, what am I thinking of? R.J. Barrett is a nice uh, – he, he probably will supplant Kevin Knox at some point. But either way, that, that that's – you had all this cap room, and it's like what the Wizards a few years ago. They didn't get a meeting with KD. They completely misjudged the whole market. It's why Ernie Grunfeld doesn't have a job today. And – and they end up giving their cap room to Jan Mahimi, Jason Smith, and I don't know some some other guy who's probably playing for the you know the Reno Bighorns right now. So so I you know I I don't know what the I don't know what the Knicks were thinking. I do know this is almost laughable. Do you know they were? And this is as this is as um, early as, or not early as, but this is less than a month ago. Think about this. This is this comes from. FanDuel June, or uh, I'm sorry, FanDuel um, June 19th. No, this is sports betting time. 15 to 1. June 12th, 2019. Knicks 2020 NBA championship odds remain at 15 to 1 despite Duran injury. That's how many people were thinking that they were go- he was going to the Knicks. And it's like, oh my gosh, they went from fifty to one, fifteen to one to today. You know what their odds are? Four hundred and fifty to one. There's, oh baby, still that good. Um, this is yeah, this right. Is the, uh, this no, is the it's, world. It's incredible. This is the world it's got to be the worst. This is the, the worst day for a Knicks fan ever. This is ever. the world we live in. Everyone had the sources. Yeah. Everyone thought they had it figured out. Well, and everybody thought they were getting Zion Williamson too. Yeah, I mean that's that why they have this thing called the lottery, which has been extremely yeah. unpredictable. So you know, right. I, I, I've been saying this for a while because hating on the Knicks has gotten old, and I actually have some friends that I do care about who are Knicks fans. But this is the product of years of mismanagement. And years of bad basketball karma. And to be yeah. honest, you know, the Knicks right now, they are getting torn apart in the media. And they didn't get any of the stars that they were promising. But this is how you build a team in the NBA. Through the draft, through being responsible with your cap, and through being yeah. patient. But the problem is they've been messing up for so long that going through this process now is something that, A, fans aren't accustomed to, and, B, they're out of patience. And they've yeah. lost the title of – they're no longer New York's team. The Brooklyn Nets are now the team in New York. and Which is just yeah, crazy. And Knicks fans who are, who are, you know cur- who are cursing crazy, at me but- right now, well, they, they listen to this. Like you, The Knicks yeah. have one of the biggest – false traditions of any team in sports like yeah, i and i respect it's, it's, the 90s it's, it's, it's like i you respect know, the know 90s knicks so much i respect them so much because when i was a teenager yeah. 
and the big three Celtics ended and Reggie Lewis tragically passed away, I was watching all those 90s Knicks teams. I was a media intern at the Garden during the playoffs in 98, 99, 2000. It was oh, yeah. unbelievable. Oh, yeah. no, I, no, I bet. It was I, great If basketball. you don't remember, I, I know. While I was at the I know, New York, when I was at the New York Times, I big-timed you several so times. So many times. I, no I couldn't even get any advice you were, from you. And I can't. Any advice. Yeah, if you look so, up what Mike Wise looked like back then, he looked like an angry New York detective. NYPD... <laughs> Plain clothes detective <laughs> on the beat at the garden, uh, investigating. The umbrella. I look like the umbrellaless man caught in a rainstorm, waiting for the five o'clock to babble. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah you, was, you, you, like you don't want the you don't want that five seventeen to Babylon without a seat. That's not pleasant. No, not no, pleasant. No, you're right. Exactly. So, uh, so I, I guess what I'm getting at is, yeah, I just I could go on and on about what the Knicks have become, what they are under um, Jim Dolan, but they really, I think you hit it on the head. They're I, I call you know Madison Square Garden is now the world's most facialized arena. Ouch! I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, the mecca, the mecca of what? Oh yeah, I love you know? that. The mecca, I mean, the, the mecca, mecca of what? Mecca. Nobody, nobody would bring you know, the mecca of what? The mecca of basketball? Yeah, yeah. Big the mecca East basketball. Of getting your ass, getting the mecca of getting your asses kicked by the road team. Like people want to play there so they can kick your ass. That's why Kobe Bryant had so many great games. Look at the great uh, performances just, by players over say, the years. The last... And most of them are against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. I was going to say, since, I mean, it... since the Knicks were in the 99 finals, you think about the, the 10 or 15 greatest basketball nights in that building since then. So you, you can, gi- you can yeah, give was, Carmelo was... Anthony – one of those nights, because he scored sixty points, which happened to be against the. By, by the way, Carmelo podcast. is still a car- Carmelo is still looking for a Carmelo job. is still on the Carmelo is still on the market. Still by the way, the, the Knicks market. could get lucky. Still on the market. <laughs> uh, my my feeling is he'll be signing a veterans minimum with, with so the Lakers mean. any day now. Um, yeah. But you think about the great moments at the Garden since ninety nine yeah. two thousand. And you're talking about Kemba Walker in the Big East tournament. You're talking about Jerry McNamara in Syracuse. You, you're talking about. Uh, LeBron James putting on show after show. You're talking about Kobe Bryant with 60. You're talking about, uh, yeah. you know, Pierce Garnett Celtics beating the Carmelo teams in these intense games. And then it's the attraction yeah. of we want to come to the Garden so we can see the best players on other teams play. And that's that's what yeah. it's become. That's what it's become. Well, I think it's great for the Nets uh, to to put a bow on it is that I was covering the net. My first job in New York, the New York Times, was they, they hired me to cover the Nets. And I was on the beat, I think, with Frank Isola and some other guys. And, and I mean, the, the Nets were the, were the quintessential team that you, this is how, this is what they were. They had, they had this malcontent that should have been a Hall of Famer, Derek Coleman, and Kenny Anderson, great kid, but just not ready enough, not mature enough at that time. And then they had these role players that were awful. They had Chris Morris. Who, God bless him, he had he wrote please on one sneaker and trade me on the other, <laughs> and these guys were just a mess, and they and they would well, you know, Mike, they, Mike, correct they, me if I'm wrong. Stammer out twenty six seasons. Mike, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. You started with the Nets right after Drazen Petrovic tragically passed away, correct? Correct, correct. Yeah, so, it was right. So it was the about summer the year of, so after, the, or it might have been the year. It might have been a year. It might have been after that year. Yeah. So two years after Drazen Petrovic's death, but it was still there was still the hangover that. And then you got these guys that are just like they were the bad news bears where they would after every game like you know like the Knicks and Pat Riley would show up at Elaine's on the east side and they would be like you know they would be hanging out with Matthew Modine and whoever whatever star of the day was there 
the Nets ended up at Hands and Secaucus until the potato skins were all gone. It was like they were the they they were the they were not only unglamorous, they were just like uh, they, they were a joke. And now they're in Brooklyn. They're in this hip place, the Brownstones. Uh, it's probably cost more in Brooklyn now than some places in Manhattan to You're live. Damn right it does. And they've got and they <laughs> And they got this, and they got, and they got two of the big, the marquee names in basketball today, and the Knicks are. Oh my gosh, they're in the shadow of every other team that every other team since them that hasn't won a title. It's just sad. But anyway, all right, let's really quick round, really yeah, quick lot, lightning lot of round. Moves, lot of where moves. does Ka- a lot of moves went down? Where does Kawhi? Where does Kawhi Leonard end up? Someone asked me yesterday, our colleague Adam Stanko asked me, as more time passes by, who does that favor in the Kawhi sweepstakes? And I unfortunately think that's the Lakers. But something tells me that Kawhi Leonard has a certain amount of old school in him and a certain amount of competitive fire where he is not going to allow himself to join LeBron and Anthony Davis. So I am going to guess that Kawhi Leonard ends up with the Clippers. Wow. Wow. Ka- Kawhi takes over the Clippers and tries to win L.A. The battle, the battle um, for L.A. The battle of L.A. The battle for L.A. That's actually, you know what, that, that's very Kawhi-like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you, don't, you don't give Toronto any chance? I do. I do. I, I just, okay. I, 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 yeah. I, I, so I, I, I actually want him to go to LA, the Lakers. You do. You know why? why? Because, because LeBron is now that guy. LeBron is the guy long in the tooth. And it's like, you know, I need I need help to get me over the hump. And damn it, everybody's saying I only care about my movie company and being this icon and this this social conscience renaissance guy. Well, yeah, none of that happens unless I'm the greatest ball player oh, on the planet. And I have to be that absolutely. again. And so LeBron James is going to come back and he's going to he's going to kick everybody's ass, including your Celtics. Eric Newman. Listen, if there's a meaningful matchup between the Lakers and the Celtics this year, I, I will be thrilled. I, I thought we were getting the rivalry renewed with hey. Kyrie going to the Celtics and LeBron going to the Lakers. Obviously, that didn't work out the way you thought it was <laughs> no, for no, either team this year, ironically. Yeah, right. But listen, whether you're a LeBron hater or you love LeBron or whether you're just burnt out on hearing about the Lakers, LeBron James, to his credit, all those amazing things he's built off the floor, he still takes care of the main thing first, and that's basketball. Yes. And he is yes. going to be ready to compete this year. He's going to be rested. He's going to be healthy. The question is, who, who's going to be there beside him? So, no, I am not ruling out Kawhi to uh, staying in Toronto. I'm, I, you know, it obviously can only be one of the three at this point. Um, just something tells me that Kawhi is going to uh, want to write a, a, a new basketball chapter for himself and the Clippers. Let me give you, just before we sign off here, let me give you a couple of teams right now that, and they're starting five, and I'm in a couple role players. The, the Sacramento Kings. Oh, boy. Point guard, Darren Fox, shooting guard, Buddy Heald, and they also got Kyle Guy, who I love. Small forward, Harrison Barnes, backed up by Trevor Ariza, mm-hmm. backed up by Bogey. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Bogey, <laughs> and Marvin Bagley at power forward and well center. Okay, Dwayne, Dwayne Dedman. Dedman, good, you have good a, role you have playing a, center. A, oh wait, wait, wait! 
Oh, do they re-sign Willie Cauley-Stein? No, he will, be, he, he will not be with yeah, them. Yeah, he'll, he'll be gone. So, okay, so that hurts. You lose him. But you got a nice lineup there. That That's a playoff team to yes, me. Yes, that, 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 um, is, that is a young, exciting team in Sacramento. Um, you know, a few a few people have said Boogie Cousins should try to return. I don't see him fitting in there. But uh, the Sacramento Kings have uh, quietly assembled a really nice fun, young, up-and-coming team, and they will challenge for a playoff spot next year, without a doubt. Here's a 31-win team. Point guard, Ish Smith. Small forward, Troy Brown Jr. Power forward, shoot, power forward, Rui Hachimura. Center, Thomas Bryant. That's a 30-win team. That is pathetic. Oh, and I I forgot to mention Bradley Beal. Poor Bradley Bradley Beal at shooting guard. They'll be lucky... Hopefully, Beal can get him to They'll 30, get but that's going to be a, it's going to be yeah. a rough time for Washington next year. Yeah, and I think that's what they want. Actually, they, they're going to they're they're going to next season's going to be a wash. They're going to get Jan Mahimi and what's his name, um, shoot uh, Dwight Howard off their cap, and and then and maybe John Wall comes back healthy. Who knows? Po- Utah, mm-hmm. Mike Conley at point guard, Donovan Mitchell shooting guard, Joe Ingles at shooting at small forward. Um, no. Oh, shoot. Bogdanovich at small forward. They just, just Bogdanovich. What am I doing? Uh, Bogdanovich is, duh. Yeah, Bogdanovich at uh, at uh, power forward. I'm putting Bogdanovich at power forward. Rudy Gobert at center. They really don't have Gobert's backup anymore, but and they don't have a whole lot of depth, but I still like that team. Favors will, well, that, favors I, will be gone. They did bring in Ed Davis, who's a very capable hurt. backup. Oh, that's right. And this is going to help Donovan Mitchell so much because the pressure is now off for him to carry the offense and the playmaking himself. And Bogdanovich is a very underrated two-way player. He can drive the ball. He can shoot the three. But what Mike Connolly and and, um, Mitchell are going to be able to do, and if Dante Exum can somehow stay healthy, we've seen him as a difference maker before, uh, the Utah Jazz are going to be a very formidable Western Conference team next season, regardless of where Kawhi goes. Yeah, and don't and don't All forget right. about the team that hasn't had to do anything except keep it together and bring back their veteran foreman on the last year of his deal, and that's the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are oh, going yeah. to be oh, the, the, outstanding, the, the, and, the now, and just, now you have Michael Porter Jr. Need... Now you have Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Getting into that rotation, they are going to be a terrific team next season. The, the, the only thing the Nuggets are missing, you know, and you might disagree with this, the Nuggets are missing that that nasty guy, that guy who's just not afraid to put a forearm in somebody's throat if they get too physical. That's the only thing they're missing. And and if they ever get that kind of guy back, well, you know, like Kenneth Faree, that kind of player, where he just take no prisoners. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you can't be that team, but that's the one thing that's missing for them. But I still love. I watch. I think I like watching them play more than anybody now because of how they move the ball, and yep. and I just love Jokic's game. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, and and let's see. Last one here. This is a team that I think is going to be fun. I think this might be my all fun team next year. That 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 a team that I would I would pay to watch, even though they're probably not going to be five hundred, and these guys are going to have to grow up a little bit. How about New Orleans? Oh, New Orleans. NBA let, league let, pass, let get, top of the playlist every oh, night. 
Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday at shooting guard. You got J.J. Redick, spot up. Uh, you got Brandon Ingram at fall, small forward. You've got Zion at power forward, and then you got Derek Favors uh, backed up by well, you know, you know, a, a kind of well, Jalil uh, Jalil Okafor was, was much Okafor. last season, and they also yeah. have two really, really good utility wings in Etwan Moore and Josh Hart, and those guys can play a variety of different roles. They both defend well. This is a deep, young, athletic team now with a couple of really dependable veterans. And I think the Pelicans are yeah. going to be uh, a, a really fun team to watch next year. And like Sacramento, right, right there on the edge of it. I mean, it's it's pretty wild, Mike, as we uh, record this Jeez. today. We're less than 24 hours in to the official start of free agency, and we're already prospecting who's going to make the playoffs next year. Oh, you know, it's well. I mean, it just know, goes ESPN. To they're that, doing that, that, that ESPN. T- they're doing conference finals matchups already, and I'm just scratching well, my tampering, head. It's unbelievable. You know, like, yeah, tampering things. There's no ridiculous. more tampering like, rules. The fact that the fact that Magic got fined is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, this these deals were made way in advance, and they, everybody and their mom signed. Uh, you know, they, they can't even sign until July 6. But everybody's agreed to all these deals already. So yeah, that's that's a big joke and. I don't know. I, you know, it, it, the league is what it is. The only thing I don't like about this whole section is I'm old school. I hate that everybody and their moms want to play together and be friends. And, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, over the years, the best thing for the league, whether you believe it or not, is to have that star chamber team. Because whether you hate them or love them, you 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 either you're drawn you to want them. to see them be a dynasty. Yeah, you're drawn to them. And I think that there's they're, they're a look at me team and they're the standard and shoot I just still can't believe after everything that this comes down to Kawhi Leonard he is tilting the balance of power in the NBA after leading the Raptors to a title it's all going to be it's all going to be you know who's going to be the favorite who's not based on his decision he's the one big free agent that's still on the market and um Hey, this was fun. Thanks, no, Eric. This was great. This you're the was best. Great. You're no, your best, great. Coach. I'm you glad. Uh, I'm glad we got together on this today. I'm glad uh, our our, uh, our fearless our fearless leader Bruce Bernstein got us on together to do this. And uh, you know, really exciting time of the year. And you know, Adam Stanko and I have been knocking out a lot of uh, NBA summer quick, quick hitter conversations. Yeah. Which we're just taking one topic, whether it's Al Horford to the Sixers, whether it's where's Kawhi going to go, how Brooklyn has taken over uh, New York from the Knicks, whatever it is, and we just delve into it, and we spend some time with it, yeah. and we uh, we know why we started Pure Hoops. It was to tell yeah. stories and give analysis and share the reasoning behind things, not just say, oh, this player went to this team, this player went to that team, why, how it'll work, if it'll work, the financial implications, et cetera. So uh, the quick hitters are really starting to amp up. And, uh, you know, this time flew. I've got notes on the screen from uh, from Bruce, and I didn't even notice they were there because I was so engaged uh, with, with speaking yeah. to you. And let me throw one question at you uh, before we yeah, close sure. this out. Right All your time covering the game, and you, you started in New York in 94, so happy 25th anniversary, by the way. Uh, Thank you, sir. You know, how do you look at that scope of time covering the NBA and what it's turned into? You started right after Jordan retired for the first time. The league, the league yeah. was in great shape. 
It's had peaks and valleys since then. Can you believe what you're seeing now over the course of 25 no, years? It's, yeah, the biggest thing that to me is that it's become such a, and part of it was helped by the culture of um, celebrity. I mean, once these guys became, you know, it used to be Jordan was an icon, mm-hmm. and the other guys were just the great basketball players, and they sort of all became bigger than life at the Dream Team. But the bottom line is, you know, even though everybody knew who Larry Bird was and they'd see him walking down the street, he wasn't a pitchman in, say, you know, whatever, China at that point or whatever. And, and nowadays, these guys, you know, Stefan Marbury goes over there and he's, he's a phenomenon, even though his, his NBA career is, for all intents and purposes, done. So that part of it, like, it really has become a global entity. But more than that, like, you know, the, 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 the ticket buyers are still mostly white. And, and what I like about D.C. is it's one of the few mixed crowds where it really, um, it, it really typifies what the city is. It's, it's mixed and the, and the game is mixed and it's black and white. But it's Larry Bird and, and the former executive director of the Players Union once said um, many years ago, infamously once said now that I think about it, that the league needed in another American-born white superstar if it was ever going to be what it was. And that's, they probably said that about less than 20 years ago. And I hate, you know, they were wrong because these guys have all crossed over in different ways. And I think, and, and that part of it, you know, I, at this time when the whole world is so racially polarized, especially our country, I think it's kind of cool that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Asian, Hispanic, you're wearing a KD jersey in Golden State, you're wearing 35. and. And I think that people, yeah, as kids, we, we don't look at color, but adults do, and they buy those jerseys. And I think that it's kind of cool that, you know, would, would anybody like to see an American-born white superstar again? I mean, if Kevin <clears throat> Love is certainly not it. Uh, J.J. Reddick certainly is it. Gordon Hayward is not shown to be that guy yet. Yeah, um, not like because, you know, it's like watching Tiger in golf that you racially identify with a person who looks like you. I think it's more just because I think the, 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 the level of the game would go that much more up in popularity. But you don't need it, man. All these guys are just crossover stars now, and people like them. People buy their jerseys. Steph Curry is one. If you ever spend any time around him, he's one of the best guys there is. And I just, I can't count, I used to count on, on two, thing, two, three or, two or three hands, I could tell you who bad guys were in the league. Mm. I can't do that anymore. I just can't. I can't find five guys that I say, what a, what a dick. I don't want to be around him. I'm sure they're out there, but I, it's hard for me to see them anymore. And I just think it's because of what the NBA's become and the people in those locker rooms that say, hey, you're not just representing your team, you're representing yourself. And so anyway, that, and you're, I guess and you're getting and you're years, getting paid I, 25 years. You're getting been, paid a whole lot of yeah. money to do it. And it's it's a great thing. But, you know, to your point, just about um, the diversity of the sport, as far as it being uh, a connector and a unifier. I mean, you know, I've been lucky enough to live that. And it's opened mm. up so many doors and I've met so many other people who have either grown up in different places or grown up in different situations or whatever it is, have had j- different journeys to this point. But the commonality is basketball, and it's it's a beautiful thing, yes. whether it's been on the courts as a youngster playing the game, teaching it as a coach, in arenas, working on films, clinics, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, th- very fortunate, and, and to see the NBA continue to blossom the way it has, not just here but globally, 
it's it's truly incredible. And you know, we see now, uh, you know, over the weekend, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox playing in London, and I I had it on to just see what it felt like, and the broadcasters are all gushing about you know what it's like and the excitement, like. The NBA's been building this international <laughs> excitement since before the dream team. Like, welcome to the party, Major League Baseball. You're you're only like I, you're only thirty also, years behind. And I'm also kinda it's kinda cool to see people you grew up with in the business making a lot of money because you know, they're covering a league that has an incredible Q rating. Part of it's football and the concussion problem and all the things that Roger Goodell has done to mess up football. Part of it is Hockey is still a niche sport, mm-hmm. even though it's playoff hockey is amazing. And part of it is baseball is no longer the national pastime. Football is. But I tell you what, I'd say baseball, uh, the NBA is a, a, a very fast number two now. And who knows, in the next 10 years, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to number one. Because as you know, as much as they call soccer the beautiful game, the greatest game of all, the greatest game where you give yourself to the good of the group and something magic happens is basketball and and screw all of you out there who don't believe that. <laughs> Ubuntu. I am, thank, thank I I thank am you, because we you, are coach. Mike. I am because we are Ubuntu. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> coach Enu, thank you for the time today. We went probably we have to take out the line Bruce by the way where we say um yeah, I just a lightning round because we went 20 minutes. It was after a long that. long lightning storm. Thank you my friend. <laughs> okay, talk to you soon. That was Eric Newman who I consider a friend, and by the way, who's the only person who can relay messages to Darlene directly from me. He is my Darlene liaison, and you need a Darlene liaison in this world. I'm Mike Wise. Thank you for being with us this free agency week. I hope you made millions too. Peace! The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.